Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other vlogs, blogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Today, we're going to dive into the conversation of corporations. Are they or are they not ruining veterinary medicine? You hear it all over social media, you see it on the news, there's been countless articles and even interviews about the consolidation of veterinary medicine. It seems more and more that corporations are buying up everyone. And is it necessarily a bad thing or is it potentially a good thing? When you say the word corporation, Oh, just even how I said it, right? Corporation. It automatically has this negative connotation. We feel as a society that corporations are actually the root of all evil. And to some extent, that probably is true. But we also can't deny that every single one of us has our lives improved and impacted in a positive way by corporations. I think about how much of my life is touched by big business, and it's actually overwhelming. From my cell phone provider, Verizon, to the actual phone that I use, a Motorola Android. That's right, I haven't gone Apple yet. You can make fun of me all you want. But for those of you who are Apple users, oh my goodness, you are proud and excited about your Apple products. If you're a Subaru driver, you know that feeling of getting into a Subaru. You probably have very prideful feeling over a certain brand. Are you rocking out in new Converse shoes? Are you bragging to your friends on social media about how awesome they are? Yep, that's a corporation too. And so while we all love to say we hate corporations, they're horrible, they are created by the devil himself, every single one of us has to recognize that from the homes that we live in to the cars that we drive to pretty much everything that we do in life, it is touched and impacted our lives in a positive way by big business. And corporations have been around for a very long time, roughly documented as far back as the medieval times. So supposedly the alleged oldest commercial operation in the world actually was a mining community out of Sweden, dating back as early as 1347. Basically, in this medieval time, traders would do business through common law constructs such as partnerships. So it was kind of a older way of doing corporation, but it was very much the start of a corporation. Um, in During the American Revolution, we had small bank corporations here in the United States, but most historians will say that the first industrial corporation was the Boston Manufacturing Company in 1813. Its model business was imported actually from Great Britain, where they actually modeled after textile corporations. So corporations have sort of pretty much always existed in this modern era as we know today. So we all know that we need big business, though we don't want to admit we like it. If we could, we would buy local. We would buy from the community in which we live in. We would help support local because we are able to take our dollars and impact someone's life in a more tremendous way than we can with a larger corporation. But are corporations bad or are they good? Because when I look at some of the things I have in my house that I've bought from a corporation, I really like some of the stuff from the TVs that I watch my shows on and actually the shows themselves. I love programming from HBO. It's a gigantic corporation. I really like some of the television shows. I have to admit that. 
I like the Dell computer that I'm currently working off of. And yeah, I do like my Android phone. I like being able to call my friends and family and I have to use a Wi-Fi service provider that I don't like them, but I really kind of like them because they allow me to stay connected. So let's define bad and then we'll define good and then we'll dive into veterinary medicine specifically. First, what's the definition of bad? Is it for the environment? Is it for social responsibility? Is it for politics? Is it for society? What is really the definition of bad? We think about McDonald's. You know, as a child, most children really love McDonald's. But as an adult, you realize, yeah, they're actually probably a very evil company that has designed products to cause massive obesity problem here in the United States. We think about Enron. Oh my gosh, they destroyed an entire area of the planet because of an oil spill. Are you kidding me? That We can't take that away. We think about Amazon and how huge they are. What about all the boxes? Nothing irks me more than a teeny tiny product arriving in a gigantic box. And I think of the money spent and the environmental impact and all of those things. I think about also Facebook. I have a love-hate relationship for Facebook. It's destroying so many views of children and people and what people should be. And it's unrealistic. And it also has changed the face of entire elections. There's a lot of really shitty things that corporations do for us and for the environment. It's When you think about it, it's actually atrocious. But we need them because as much as we all want to admit that, yes, supporting local is best because your dollar means so much more for the private company or the private individual that works in your town, 100%. If we can buy local, if we can source local, we're going to create a better, healthier planet and really a better, healthier society. As much as we all acknowledge that, getting away from corporations entirely, I don't know that it's possible. I know plenty of people who do a tremendous better effort of sourcing local and purchasing local than I do. But those people are still impacted by the Toyotas that they drive to the oil that they have to use to heat their homes, all of that corporate. So I think we can all do our part because we certainly know the impact of purchasing local versus globally. But we also have to admit, we kind of like some of the luxuries that we're afforded by corporations. All right, so bad, absolutely, we can all agree to that. But what about good? Let's talk about good corporations and what the impact that they do on society. When a company starts to grow, they have a larger social responsibility. And in fact, one could even argue in some of these companies, a global responsibility to take care of not just the individuals within their company better, but also the planet and the environment in which they work in. The reality is, is that the privately owned business in your hometown cannot support the local community in the way that a larger company can. They just don't have the funds or the means to. And so when we look at companies like Goldman Sachs, who has given $1 billion in grants to over uh, 80 different countries for nonprofit organizations, that's pretty impressive. Microsoft alone actually reportedly donates nearly $2 million per day in cash and equipment, a lot of which goes to education. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is heavy on educating school kids, specifically in inner cities. 
When we think about Walmart, oh gosh, right? Like it's just terrible. But then I think about how they gave a quarter of a million dollars towards relief and recovery efforts in the area of Tennessee's that were ravaged by wildfires a few years ago. We think about Pfizer. Oh God, it's a drug company, right? That just sounds terrible. But actually, they give millions of dollars in healthcare opportunities for those underserved communities worldwide. They help to bring healthcare to impoverished countries and even to areas of the United States that are struggling to receive appropriate healthcare. That's a lot of doing good. And does it outweigh the doing bad? Maybe, maybe not. Who are we to say? What we know is that these larger companies have a global responsibility to impact society in a positive way to basically pull back from some of the bad things that they are doing. Because even they acknowledge that on a global impact, yeah, Amazon has openly acknowledged that they have a huge global impact, not only on people, but also on the environment. I think most of us struggle with this, right? Do we like corporations or do we not? I mean, we get super proud when we get to show off our new iPhone corporation, but in the same token, we also grimace by the fact that Apple's destroying the planet to some level. Mm, we don't want to talk about it, but it's, it is happening. Now let's dive into veterinary medicine, consolidation corporations. This is the root of all evil in veterinary medicine. Or is it? On social media, it definitely seems like it's the root of all evil. It's a horrible thing to have consolidation. It's a horrible thing to have the big corporations. Mars is leading the charge in the root of all evil. If you look on any part of social media, a vast majority of articles, other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts, it seems like all you see is people post, I work for X, Y, and Z corporation, and everybody below that writing, corporations are destroying veterinary medicine. Is that really true? All right, let's dive into it. First, let's just get an understanding of how big veterinary practice consolidation really is. We think about Mars and we think about the big three, right? VCA, Banfield, and Blue Pearl. The reality is veterinary practice consolidation is much bigger than that. You know, there's a ton of companies that their entire job is to purchase a veterinary hospital and never change the name. They're still owned by the corporation. They're no longer private, but people are not aware of that. And so we think about companies like community vet clinics or also VIP pet care, kind of one in the same. They have 3,400 practices and they've been around since 1995. They're one of the oldest. We think about NVA. NVA is definitely leading the charge up there since 1996 with more than 1,100 practices. And then what about VetCorp? So 1997, 491 and, and growing for sure. And there's a bunch that are in, undisclosed. We really have no idea. But what we do know is as far as big corporations go, there's over 30 in the United States alone, not even listing the other ones in other countries. And so why are so many veterinarians selling? If corporations are really the devil, then why are we giving our businesses to them? Because that's essentially what we're doing. Having been involved in several big companies at this point, and also starting out in just a single doctor, privately owned general practice, I've seen the gamut of private all the way up to federal, all the way up to big business in my career. 
Why are we selling to corporations when we're also saying they're the worst enemy ever? The reality is, is that in veterinary medicine, there isn't a hostile takeover. Yes, big businesses may try to squeeze out the little guy. That certainly does happen. But what doesn't happen is a hostile takeover of a privately owned veterinary hospital. It's not like big businesses are coming in, holding the team at gunpoint and demanding their certificate of ownership and taking over businesses. That's not what is happening. So what does happen is the business may be approached or they may actually reach out and approach the corporation. They may be seeking to sell. And if the company reaches out to the veterinary hospital and says, we're interested in your veterinary hospital, then there's negotiations. But let's be very clear, when an owner sells their hospital to a bigger corporation, they're doing so willingly and often getting a very significant payout. What ends up happening is, and I've seen it time and time again, things start to change. And unfortunately, while there might have been some empty promises like, oh, we won't change your benefits or, you know, we'll keep you still as quote unquote the head of the hospital, those things will change over time. And then the previous owner gets angry and the staff gets angry and they start to see that the hospital was failing because of the company that took it over. They don't like change. The reality is, is that there were problems prior to the sale of the hospital. And that's why the hospital was getting sold. There's very few times that hospitals are sold because, well, it's super profitable, making a ton of money, everybody's happy, the culture's awesome, we're not short-staffed at all, the benefits are great. Why would that hospital get sold? So respectfully, we have to recognize that when hospitals are being sold, it's because there's usually an unhappy or many unhappy owners in that hospital and they're looking to offload a problem onto a corporation. That tends to be the reality. The other big reality is, unfortunately, veterinarians who are largely the owners of privately owned hospitals, because unfortunately, there are several state laws prohibiting veterinary technicians or anyone else actually owning a hospital. And I don't even want to go on a rant, but I am. To the states that do not allow veterinary technicians to own a veterinary hospital, you are ridiculous. Do you think a veterinarian's a great owner? I'm sorry, they are not. They know nothing about business. They come out of veterinary school and they know a lot about veterinary medicine. But as far as running a business goes, they're terrible at it. The majority of them do not know how to actually run a profitable and healthy workplace environment business. And they run their businesses into the ground, resulting in them having to sell to big corporations. Why don't you actually give a veterinary technician a try? Maybe they'd be a better business owner or anyone else that actually has a business degree would probably be better at running an actual business because it's a healthcare business, that's what it is. I know that you think your veterinarians in your state are great business owners, some of them are. Some of them are the unicorns of the veterinary industry, but the vast majority of them are terrible at running their hospitals. That is the reality, trust me, I've seen it. So for the states that do not allow veterinary technicians, nurses, assistants to own veterinary hospitals, shame on you. I don't know where you get to think that your veterinarians are doing a significantly better job than a veterinary technician could. That's ridiculous. Okay, let's get back to the podcast now. We know veterinary consolidation has been occurring since the early 90s, but what really hit the nail on the head was in January of 2017 when Mars Corporation bought Veterinary Centers of America, 
aka VCA. Prior to that, they had owned Banfield. In 2015, they bought Blue Pearl. But really, in 2015, Blue Pearl, while that sale was important, Blue Pearl was small potatoes, honestly. They only had about 70, 60, 70 hospitals when they sold to Mars in 2015. Fast forward to 2017, when Mars buys VCA, that was a $9.1 billion listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange company with over 800 veterinary hospitals, making Mars single-handedly not only the third privately owned, and they are privately owned, ironic, right? When we're talking about bad business, but they're privately owned corporation. I mean, right there, that puts a weird twist on the entire situation. It's a privately owned massive corporation. Don't we like privately owned? No, not in this case. This is the root of all veterinary evil. And so single-handedly being the third largest privately owned corporation in America, they now are the largest veterinary care provider in the world. And at this moment, really in history, is when we really started to see social media blow up about their disdain for veterinary corporations and how they were ruining the veterinary industry. But let's let's talk about that. I've been in the veterinary industry coming on 25 years. I, I can't even believe that that's a thing. But I am not only a survivor, but a thriver in this industry. And again, I started off very first practice. I was there for almost six years. Tiny little GP practice in rural Massachusetts owned by one owner. The mom and the dad had owned the hospital prior. They sold it off to the son. The son eventually sold it off to his sister who became a veterinarian. So it stayed in the family until long after I was gone, they sold it to VCA. All right, let's talk about that because that one hurt for me. I thought, okay, this is that one tiny general practice that's performing amazing medicine and actually paying their employees really good. Why would they sell off to VCA? For this particular hospital, it was because the sister simply wasn't invested as much in the business. It was too much hard work and she didn't have a business mind like her previous father and brother counterparts. So she sold it off. That was the easiest thing to do. Let's talk about why business owners sell off to corporations and really the pros of corporate veterinary work. First, the business management side of things is completely handled by the corporate office. And for many veterinarians, that's actually a plus. The reality is, is that privately owned veterinary medicine, as previously stated, they're not doing so great in the business management aspect of it. Most veterinarians have little to no business knowledge. They just know veterinary medicine. They may have been in business with another partner or perhaps they work for another hospital and then suddenly get this idea that they can manage a business better than everyone else. A little bit ego driven and unfortunately usually not successful. So it is nice when the business management is completely handled by a company that ideally knows how to make that hospital profitable. A large percentage of privately owned veterinary hospitals are not very profitable or could be more profitable if they were actually managed correctly. The other pro of working for veterinary corporations is transferability. So corporate hospitals have a large number of clinics. If you go to a Blue Pearl, say in the state of Massachusetts where I reside, you can easily go to a Blue Pearl in the state of Pennsylvania and they can look up your records very easily and usually the price points are very much the same. 
as a veterinary professional, the transferability is huge. If all of a sudden your spouse needs to relocate and there just happens to be a VCA in the next state, you're more likely to easily transfer and maintain your salary, your benefits and everything to that other hospital. Veterinary corporations have bigger buying power. That's just the reality. So where a privately owned hospital may run out of supplies or drugs, a large corporation typically does not because they have bigger buying power. They might be eligible for a variety of product discounts. And they also might be eligible to make sure that they don't run out of certain things. And because they have a variety of product discounts, often those can get passed on to their consumer. We look at Banfield, for example, as a great example of this. Banfield is has a really low price point for their customer, for their pet parent. And they offer a wonderful wellness plan that is affordable for so many. While we wanna say Banfield and Mars is the root of all evil, Putting Banfields in PetSmart, brilliant idea. And also driving the cost down by having your own internal wellness program plan, brilliant idea. Banfield single-handedly alone from their thousand plus hospitals has been able to help treat and provide preventative care to more veterinary patients than any other, arguably any other veterinary company in the world. They've literally saved thousands upon thousands of animals' lives because they're able to use a discounted rate program to offer general practice wellness care. It's brilliant. A lot of times, uh, corporations are great for new graduates, whether that be your veterinary technician, nurse, and assistant, to your veterinarian. Your new school vet graduates are actively recruited by corporate trains because they can gain experience in a place that already has a solid mold and solid foundation around there. The other nice thing is that established veterinarians can sell their practice corporations as an exit strategy from business. As much as, you know, probably that practice owner complained about big business ruining their veterinary medicine and ruining their lives or maybe even coming into their community, they're also going to be the first one to sell off to a big corporation and make a cha-ching payday. So we have to remember that as a veterinary technician assistant or a client service rep, don't get angry that your hospital sold to a big business. You can, but your only person you're allowed to get angry to is the actual person who sold their practice off willingly to a corporation. Because I hear that all the time. I always hear, well, we love our owner, but we hate this corporation. I'm sorry, your owner put you in the spot of belonging to a corporation. So never forget that. And this becomes the unfortunate con, one of the biggest cons of veterinary corporations. There are a lot of false promises. Listen, I've seen them firsthand. When you sell your practice willingly to a corporation, they want your practice. They're gonna offer you a payday that is really substantial that you agree to. But after that, it's not your practice anymore. You will have limited to no decision-making ability. Corporate veterinarians have to follow a variety of procedures and best practices and standards of operating practices that are related to pricing and treatment options. You generally have less flexibility than a private practice vet. And it's hard to conform to that. You know, when a private practice vet sells to a big corporation, if they wanted something, they would just buy it. 
Now, unfortunately, they have to go through a massive ordering process in order to get this new drug or this new piece of equipment. And that tends to be a struggle for owners that sell to big corporations. One of the other things that we all struggle with is the overemphasis on financial success that corporations like to brag about. The common criticism of corporate medicine is that the owner of the company focuses too much on the money part of it. And it doesn't feel good because in veterinary medicine, we're empathetic individuals. And the fact that we have a company who wants us to make a lot of money, ick. Don't we love just driving our beat up vehicles and barely living paycheck to paycheck? And if they are making more money, well then why aren't we? Why are we not reaping the benefits of a company that's now turned this hospital that almost went bankrupt, sold to a corporation? How come we're not making more money? Why are we struggling to live paycheck to paycheck when they're making a bank every single day on us? That doesn't feel good. And then it just kind of feels icky when our boss isn't in the building. They don't live and reside in our building. We don't see them. It's just a name on a plaque somewhere in a headquarters location that owns it. And that doesn't feel good to anybody. But Amy, 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 how are veterinary companies ruining veterinary medicine? Because that's happening, right? Like veterinary corporations and consolidation is ruining veterinary medicine, right? I don't know that I agree with that, and here's why. My first job out of vet tech school in the 90s was for $6.50 an hour. If you actually put that in an inflation calculator right now in 2022, that comes out to about $15 to $16 an hour for a credentialed veterinary technician with a college degree. That's actually the current salary of most entry-level positions as a veterinary technician. So what I'm telling you is, is that the salaries have not changed since the 90s. And I know some of you have heard about this in some of my previous podcasts, but for those of you who have not, this is a massive issue. We recognize that veterinary technicians are getting underpaid. The job of a veterinary technician has changed dramatically since I was came out of school in the 90s. The first vet tech school just opened up in the 1970s. And in the time before that, it was all on the job trained. But now we have college educated, over 200 accredited AVMA school. And if you talk to any veterinarian, they say, oh, yes, I absolutely want a veterinary technician. What the job was in the 90s, yeah, I was utilized very well for a veterinary technician. I got to place catheters, run anesthesia, do dental profies. And my first owner of my hospital, I'm internally grateful for him to utilize technicians to their fullest for what people thought was the fullest in the 1990s. We fast forward now to 2022. Technicians are monitoring anesthesia on heart valve replacements. They're doing hemodialysis on our pet patients. They are responsible for epidurals. They're responsible for arterial catheter placements, slamming in central lines, and they're running CPR codes. Really, the sky is the limit. They can also do thoracocentesis, AFAST and TFAST. They have the capabilities of doing all those things, and yet, still not getting paid anymore. So the problem of salary has always existed and continues to exist in veterinary medicine. I've preached about this in plenty other podcasts. I'm going to leave it at that on what we need to do to change that. But I can assure you that veterinary corporations are just following suit on already the previously paid shitty salaries. 
They're not paying any better and they're not paying any worse. So we can't really blame veterinary corporations for shitty salaries. They have always been shitty. Now I'm going to pause here and I'm going to say this. Do they have a larger social responsibility to pay more? Hell yes, they do. And we have some, and I'm going to call out a bias right now. I work for veterinary emergency group. It would be hard for me not to mention them in this podcast. In 2021, Ken Yagi, who also works for Veterinary Emergency Group, posted the salary ranges of the new pay scales for veg. Those pay scales, they are not shitty. Those pay scales are the pay scales of what veterinary professionals, aka veterinary technicians, assistants, and nurses should be making. This is a company that is paying completely outside of the box, outside of the norm for veterinary industry. They've blown the salaries up and we're starting to see movement by other companies and other hospitals who are being somewhat sometimes forced into paying their employees more. It's really hard for employees to go to their boss and say, this is how much veg is making and we are literally right next door to them. Why are we not making these salaries? So there are corporations that are changing the face of veterinary medicine that are doing good and giving back to the community. So yes, do I think that corporations, no matter veterinary or industry or tech or whatever it is, do they have a larger social responsibility to helping the people and the planet in which they work in? Absolutely. Are we seeing some veterinary companies doing that? Yes, 100%. So we can't really blame bad salaries on veterinary corporations or consolidation. It always has just kind of been there and I'm not giving excuse to it. But what is giving me a lot of hope is seeing corporations that are making the needle move, that are rocking the boat on these archaic salaries. And largely corporations in general, across the board, not even just veterinary, they pay more than small business. The average pay per employee for a very small business with 20 employees or less is about $36,912. And this was a study that was conducted in 2012. So, so it's a 10-year-old study, but at the time they found that for smaller firms, they've actually paid about $40,400. For medium-sized firms, over 100 employees, it, they paid $44,000, almost $45,000. And at large companies, which was denoted at having more than 250 employees, they paid $52,500. So again, really small employees got paid $36,900. Large companies got paid $52,500. On average, the the larger the company, the more they pay their employee. Fast forward because the Bureau of Labor Statistics repeated this study actually in 2018, and they found the exact same findings. They found that on average, The hourly worker at a company with over 500 employees earned nearly twice the total compensation of a counterpart employed at a firm with fewer than 50 workers. And so it sounds like that's a good thing and that's how it should be. Companies should be able to afford to pay more salary compared to that of a smaller company. And I think I see that in veterinary medicine. I definitely see that turning in veterinary medicine. For me personally, I see this anecdotally in veterinary medicine. You know, when someone complains online, oh, corporations are ruining veterinary medicine. My one response all the time is, are you making a ton more in private? 
The answer usually is no. I very rarely see private companies that are able to actually afford livable wages or even pay decent salaries for veterinary technicians, assistants, and even veterinarians. But corporations are moving the needle on that. All right, so we can't really blame salary on corporations. What about the other things, Amy? Okay, let's talk about work-life balance. Well, I can't say that corporations are ruining your work-life balance. In fact, in many ways, I actually see huge improvements. Companies like Mars actually have employed social workers. I know of one effort where social workers actually went ahead and created a flyer about suicide prevention, complete with very important national suicide prevention hotline numbers, and they required every single hospital that they owned to hang it up in their bathroom. Why in the bathroom? Because this is a private space, and so it's going to gain more attention and impact more people than just hanging something in a break room. There's plenty of privately owned hospitals that don't even acknowledge that suicide exists in veterinary medicine, let alone forcing their hospitals to put it in a bathroom for everybody to see it, acknowledge it, and also here's ways to prevent it and also seek help. Veterinary corporations get to do that on a larger scale than a privately owned hospital. So what about health and well-being? Because certainly these big corporations are driving us into the ground and overworking us. Some of that is true, but so are private companies. Unfortunately, right now we are all short-staffed and it's not because of corporations that we're short-staffed. I think it's just veterinary medicine in general. There's a high burnout rate because of archaically old processes and archaically old systems. And I don't truly think that the corporations are the root of the, all these issues. But again, do they have a greater social responsibility? Absolutely. So let's blame the bad benefits, you know, the bad PTO, vacation time, terrible health insurance. Let's blame that on the corporations. When I graduated from school in the 90s and pretty much almost every single job that I've ever had until my most recent one, I was awarded two weeks vacation time when I started. In fact, it, it got to be laughable because at some point you're in this profession 10, 15 years and you go to apply for a new job and they say, oh, well, we'll give you your two weeks and that's going to be good for three years. And this is at a private, by the way, this was a privately owned specialty hospital. And I said, wait a minute. So I am at two weeks PTO for three years. Oh yes, but it accrues. You don't get awarded it in you know that first year you have to accrue that two weeks. So like you get paid out three hours or four hours every paycheck that's gonna go in. Um, and you can use those days once you accrue them, but you start with nothing. I'm sorry, I'm now in my late 30s and 40s. I would like to be able to not worry about nickel and diming every single day. Have I not earned the right to actually take a vacation just because I've been in this profession long enough? I remember having to fight to get an extra week vacation and I still had to accrue it. So the first year I was at this particularly privately owned specialty hospital, I had to basically not go on vacation for a year, just work a ton of hours and be miserable so that by the next year I could actually go on a two week vacation. That's ridiculous, what are we doing? And when we wonder why we can't get people into veterinary medicine, well, that's one of the many reasons. The bad benefits alone, it just speaks volumes to how archaic this profession is. 
So can we blame that on the corporations? No, they just acquired the shittiness along with all the other shittiness that has always been there in veterinary medicine. It's always been there in every sector of veterinary medicine. I have seen these problems from private to federal to corporate. You name it, I have seen it. And so I can't blame veterinary corporations on that. I've preached about this archaic rule as well. We need better maternity and paternity leave. We have a now 80 to 90% women-driven workforce. The fact is, for most veterinary technicians and assistants, and sometimes even our veterinarians, it is cheaper to never come back to work because paying for daycare, it costs so much money, they cannot actually afford to come back to work. This is not a corporate issue. But does corporate America have the ability to change this on a larger scale? 100%. But I don't see it being changed in privately owned hospitals. Some of them are doing amazing jobs. I've seen articles about privately owned, particularly women-owned veterinary clinics that are offering daycare benefits. Congratulations. You guys are getting it right. That's amazing. But those are the one percenters. The rest of everybody else is just following the trends of shitty veterinary <laughs> practice. That's the reality. So let's dive into culture because we've got to be able to blame veterinary corporations and consolidations on the bad negative attitudes, bullying, gossiping, a terrible workplace environment. Surely we've got to be able to blame something on veterinary corporate America. Answer no. Unfortunately, as I previously mentioned, the vast majority of hospitals that are sold to corporations are in bankruptcy or near bankruptcy. They're financially struggling. They have bad culture issues and these corporations acquire that. The problem is what I have found is the most, the majority of corporations, they don't know how to change the culture. There are some companies nailing culture. There are some companies doing right and truly working towards having a happy, healthy workplace environment all around. But those are, again, the unicorns, the one percenters. The vast majority of companies acquire a hospital. They go, oh, this place has high turnover and really bad leadership. They may leave it like that for quite some time. They may attempt to fix it by throwing in people that they think have the ability to fix it, but it very rarely gets fixed. They acquire the culture and they acquire the debt. And that is why the vast majority of hospitals end up selling to corporations. So when I talk to people about how they feel like corporate has ruined their veterinary hospital, when we start doing a deeper dive, they acknowledge there were a lot of toxic team members prior to the company even purchasing the hospital. They acknowledge that, in fact, their owner wasn't doing a great job. Their leadership was struggling. The reality is it's so much easier to just blame corporate. And I get it because I sometimes am guilty of that as well. And so what can we blame corporate on? We can blame corporate on the fact that they're purchasing hospitals and maybe not improving the culture. Maybe they have a larger social responsibility to working towards improving culture. As a big business, why can't you start developing culture teams or figuring out how to improve that within the hospitals? Simply allowing toxic team members or bullying or gossiping in your hospitals that's not okay. I think everybody, whether it be a privately owned practice to the biggest company in the world, has a, a responsibility to ensure that the workplace environment is a safe space and that people are feel safe in everything that they do in that hospital. And unfortunately, that's not like that in veterinary medicine. 
So for me, my opinion is this. Is veterinary medicine being ruined by consolidation? No, not necessarily. Are, are there going to be any privately owned practices left in the world? Absolutely. I've seen a couple articles lately that suggest that in the future, we may not have any privately owned veterinary hospitals or we're only going to have a super small percentage. That cannot be true. We're always going to need privately owned businesses, whether it be your local farmer's market to the local hair salon. And we will always need privately owned veterinary hospitals. And some of them are going to be terrible. They're going to fall under industry standards, have terrible culture, pay horribly, have bad benefits and treat their people unfairly and require them to work way too many hours. That is the reality. And we're going to have some that are amazing. Those are the unicorns of your community. They offer amazing veterinary benefits, awesome pay, great schedules, and they care deeply about their people as well as the community in which they serve. And we're always going to have big companies. In fact, who knows? Maybe Mars won't be the biggest one day. Maybe there's going to be something that gets even bigger than Mars. I have no idea. But what I do know is this. Veterinary corporations and consolidation are not the cause of the veterinary industry issue. Are they a contributor? Yes, as much as every privately owned hospital that is failing miserably. But are they the cause of it? No. These problems have existed in our profession since probably the dawn of time. There are a multitude of factors as to why the low pay exists. We could blame it on the lack of pet care for pet insurance, unfortunately. We can say that pets are considered property. We can say that the relationship has changed so quickly with what the pet owner now sees as their fur kid, but they're not willing to pay. We can look at the benefits as industry standards that were brought out of, unfortunately, other industry standard environments. We can look at the culture because we work in a casual workplace environment that is unfortunately not run by business leaders. It's run by individuals who vastly have no clue of how to run a business. And so when we look at sort of the history and the trajectory at which got us here today, we can't blame veterinary corporations. And I know many of you will disagree with me, but for those of you who have been in this business long enough, you know that these problems have existed for a very long time. It takes an army to change the world. And it takes an army of people every single day to provide forward movement to fixing an entire profession. And I've said this in multiple of my podcasts. How do we fix this? Well, if you're in a corporate level, guess what? You have a huge social responsibility to take care of your people, take care of the community in which you work, and take care of the environment in which you reside as well. Because you are a large corporation, you get the opportunity to do that. Privately owned companies do not get to impact the way that a veterinary corporation or any corporation does. Veterinary companies that are big, corporations that are big, you just get the opportunity to do more good in the world. So do it. Just be better because we're all expecting you to be better, be nicer to your people, be kinder to the environment. You get that opportunity when small businesses will never impact the way that a big company can. If you're a small company, guess what? You also have a social responsibility. Your social circle is significantly smaller, but you reside in a community. You impact the environment and you have people that work in your hospital. Do right by them. And in fact, you can impact change faster than a corporation. And so while a corporation may have a larger footprint on this earth, you can move at a speed at which a corporation cannot. 
today, right now, you can change the healthcare benefits of the employees. Today, right now, you can increase the salaries. Today, right now, you can work to change the schedule so your employees feel less burnout. And you can do that all right now because no one's stopping you. You are not owned by anybody. From a corporate standpoint, the move will, the needle will move, but it moves much slower. And that's important for everybody who works for a corporation to understand. The impact of changing people's salary doesn't just impact one hospital. It potentially impacts thousands. And that's millions, if not billions of dollars. And while they may have the funds to do it, there's a lot of thinking and processing and analyzing that occurs. And moving that needle will take time and it's going to go a lot slower. I don't think people realize that. I think because you work in private, you you just think they can just drop hat, change things overnight. And that's not how business works. It will never be how business works. So respectfully, while I am seeing movement on big corporations to change and move things in a positive way in veterinary medicine, it's painstakingly slow. Do I wish it could get sped up? Oh, hell yes. But I also know that that's probably not financially, nor environmentally, nor socially responsible on some of the changes that probably big companies want to do. I thank you so much. This is a, a actually my longest podcast, but there's a lot to say and there's a lot to unpack here. And many of you probably leave this podcast still feeling an icky feeling about corporations. And I 100% agree with you on that. Um, I struggle, I think, every single day to enjoy the products that make my life simpler, enjoy the things that I love that have come from a corporation, but also trying to do a positive impact on the environment. I do not buy anything other than free range eggs, and I try to do it locally if I can. I know that sounds silly, but that's my jam, and I'm trying to make a tiny impact on this planet. If I can go ahead and go to a farmer's market, I will, but I'm not as good as some of my friends. Some of my friends are epic at this stuff. I am not epic at this stuff, but I do the best I can, and that's what we can all do. So in conclusion, do corporations suck? Yeah. And do they do a lot of good? Yes. Also that too. I think that I struggled with this podcast and I've been thinking about doing it for quite some time, but I did a lot of research and I looked at it as objectively as I could in both sides of this. And it was a hard wrestle for me because there's things that I absolutely hate about corporations, but admittedly, I also like. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on being an amazing unicorn. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com and have a wonderful day.